This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Glojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin, as we got a lot to talk about in this week's episode. Um, we uh, have a lot of uh, celebrations to talk about, so uh, we'll do our usual four-quarter format. Um, in the first quarter, we get you all caught up on everything that happened in the last week, and a lot happened um, over that past week here in the local area. In the second quarter, we are joined by Loyola Girls basketball player Paige Angles. In the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we preview everything that's going to happen within the next week. And uh, just like last week, there's a lot that's going to happen this week, so uh um, we'll get you all set up for the upcoming week of postseason action. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere there. Available. Make sure you give us a nice little review. Spread the word as always. We always appreciate everybody's kind words. And we always appreciate the uh, reviews. Always helps us get uh, to as many uh, North Shore high school sports fans as possible. So, um, like I said, let's get things started here. We're going to get things started here on a really fun note where um we talked about Loyola already having a historic uh wrestling season last week about what they were able to accomplish but um like we also talked about last week they wanted to do more and um that's exactly what happened this upcoming uh, this past weekend in Champaign at the individual state tournament uh senior Macy Adioti became the first uh Rambler to ever win a state championship um well, Kai McCalka uh, capped off a really impressive freshman season um, with a runner-up uh, position as well. Um, so, Joe, let's get things started here. I'll bring you in here. M- Macy Adioti, we knew he had the potential to do this. Um, I think that um, when we thought about this, we didn't have uh, the Ramblers winning their first state championship on a forfeit. Um, but unfortunately, Lockport freshman Justin Wardlow um suffered a serious arm injury in his semifinal matchup. Um, so unfortunately uh, for him, he was not able to uh, fight for a state championship against Macy. But um, regardless, Massey became the first uh, Rambler to win a state championship. And um, from what I saw from him, um, you know, in clips and that kind of stuff, a v- really cool honor and really cool, um, you know, historic performance just to be able to become the first Rambler to do it in a program that has really grown over the last couple of years. Yeah, and a pretty dominant performance. You know, he was going in um, as the top seed in that 120-pound division, um, and he dominated on his way to the finals, um, not really challenged on the way there. And I, I don't know, to be honest, if he was going to be challenged in the finals. Um, you know, big, big props to um, – uh, Wardlow for making it to the finals from Lockport. Uh, he hurt his arm pretty significantly in the semis, and he won that match. Um, so pretty cool for him. Um, you know, Massey called it bittersweet. He didn't get to wrestle for it, but uh, still pretty, pretty great season. Takes nothing away from accomplishment being the first Rambler uh, to do it, um, and uh, he'll. he'll he might not be the first Rambler for long, as uh, I'm sure we'll mention the girls' wrestling title, but he'll be the first boys' wrestler uh, for a while. Um, and then Kai, uh, only freshman in the 220 weight class. We talked about it kind of all season, how a freshman wrestling at that upper 
weight class is is significant and wrestling well at that class it's uh it's filled with obviously more developed um upperclassmen usually or, or juniors and seniors and um he just uh had a, a outstanding season and his tournament was dominant he had uh two pins uh I, i'm sorry three pins on his way there the third one was in the third period with about a minute to go i think or maybe it was even um yeah, I think it was about a minute ago, maybe even an overtime. Um, but pretty cool uh, for him to make it to the finals. And then he lost three to two on an ultimate tie break, which is past overtime. And it's just, uh, I believe it's kind of like a sudden death. And really, when you're in those prone positions, like who escapes and who doesn't let him escape <laughs> is kind of it. And um, the the uh, uh, he he couldn't he couldn't win that three to two loss, but. Uh, basically a draw for for a lot of intents and purposes so pretty cool um run there by kai and, and pretty sure he'll be back and we had three other ramblers there um as well um so great stuff from from loyal across the board something to really be proud of yeah i mean i was watching that kai uh battle for the 220 state championship and that was that was quite the battle and um he was able you know really competitive the entire match um they go into overtime and um, it, it just feels tough to end the season that way. I mean, I know obviously you need to event, you need to finish this. You got to finish a match somehow, but, um, it was like he said, just to pretty much like he was able his opponent was able to escape and that's how he got his point And that's how he won the state championship. So, um, that's a very tough way to end your season and now win a state championship. But, um, I assume that we'll see Kai, um, back in that similar position in the next couple of years. And, definitely will be competing against state championship where um, you have two Ramblers, Joe, that just impressed with such a strong performance throughout the season. And their state tournaments were so dominant as well. We talked about Massey too, but, and uh, we talked about Kai, you know, just being able to get those pins and um, in such a tough bracket, like we talked about last week, where this is a freshman going against usually at 220, you have a lot of guys who have a lot of experience or big guys who have done this for a couple of years. And he, he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't challenged. I mean, he was challenged, but I mean, he wasn't really, you know, uh, afraid of the moment, afraid of competing at the State Farm Center in Champaign. And um, he just was one, you know, escape away from winning a state championship. So um, if I'm the Ramblers, I'm really excited about what he can do for the next three seasons for the Ramblers. Absolutely. And, you know, he talked about he was pretty confident going in, just knowing what he could do. He had a successful career before high school. Uh, I found that kind of funny. It's like, just being that confident as a freshman and then backing it up, pretty impressive stuff. Um, and uh, went all the way to the state final. So as we both said, you know, we'll we'll see him again and uh, maybe he'll become the second boys champion soon. Yeah, I would not be surprised at all if he's uh, back at the podium next season, um, depending on where he's at. If he decides to stay at 220 or maybe go to 285, we'll see. Um, but congratulations to both of them on the and the Ramblers for a great season. Obviously, a really historic season for the Ramblers. Um, so a lot of great stuff going on there. So congrats um, to that for, program. All right, we're going to stick with Loyola here, and we're going to go off to uh, the girls' basketball team, who, um, since we talked, won a regional championship last week um, and then advanced to their sectional, uh, yeah, sectional semifinal on Tuesday against York recording this on Wednesday and uh, Joe the Ramblers uh, led for much of it almost let that one slip away against York but um, came back again 
um, in overtime against York for to set up a sectional championship date with Maine South on Thursday. Yeah, great basketball game. Two very good teams. York was seeded second in that sectional and Loyola third. So you knew at this point in the season, um, we're going to see some good basketball basically in, in nearly every matchup. So that's what it was proved to be. Loyola had the advantage. Um, and uh, in that fourth quarter, they they really just let it slip. And um, I hate to, to put it on, um, you know, be too critical. But I guess since they won, um, it doesn't matter. But really, I mean, they, they let it slip through their fingers with missed free throws. Um, they sink um, even one of those final five free throws and they win the ball game, but they, they couldn't do it. They missed the final five and um, kudos to York for hanging with it and uh, making a couple big shots and then making the two free throws by Marianne um, Blast down, down the stretch. She had 31 points. Um, unbelievable game for her. Um, and then in overtime, uh, you know, it was Paige Angle's time um, and she did a lot of work during the during regulation as well, but in overtime, she just kind of kicked it to another gear. She really looked for a shot, um, hit a couple. Um, I th- she had three steals. One was more of a team steal, but two just solo steals, just um, <clears throat> really being aggressive on the defensive end, cutting off passing lanes. Um, and uh, and she had 11 points in the overtime period, seven of them on free throws, and she missed two free throws. Uh, at the end of regulation. So, um, you know, kind of a redemption story for her in overtime hitting seven of eight. Um, so uh, 28 points on the day and uh, kind of willed her team to to victory there. But overall, great performance, great basketball game. Something about York, though, I hadn't seen them. Obviously, they're, they're a little out of our coverage area. Uh, but, man, they shoot the ball. That is their offense. It's three-pointers or, you know, drive and kick. It's really like um, an NBA offense. They drive and kick, or they get the layup if 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 they have it on the drive. But they shot 19 in the first half, 11 in the first quarter. They missed all 11, uh, which wow. is rare. I'm not saying they're a they're a bad three pointing shooting, shooting team, but that allowed Loyola to get that advantage and sort of roll them up a little bit. But um, uh, just crazy to see that many three shot in a quarter in a high school basketball game. Yeah, and in your story, make sure you check out Joe's story at the recordnorthshore.org. You mentioned about how they um, kind of used their experience in that overtime game they had against Mother Macaulay a couple weeks ago when they were playing for uh, the GCAC championship. And um, although they obviously let their first or fourth quarter lead, you know, uh, run away by missing some critical free throws, um, they said that it kind of, you know, built off of that, you know, that, that loss and kind of used that experience to help them pull this one out. Yeah, in that Macaulay, they hit it. They hit a shot. Loyola did to tie Macaulay and go to overtime where they lost. So they kind of knew that whatever happens in regulation, if it ends in a tie, either team can win. Momentum is a thing, but it doesn't have to determine who's going to win the final. So while York had the momentum uh, going into overtime, Loyola just switched on them real quick, and that was that. Uh, and I think so. That kind of gave them the clean slate mindset that you know it whatever just happened happened but we got four minutes to play basketball um so yeah i thought that was an interesting perspective that they've they kind of went through the same scenario just in reverse a couple weeks ago right all right so we'll talk more about their sectional matchup that's happening on thursday um against main south at the new church campus so we'll talk more about that 
um, in the fourth quarter and the third quarter as well. But uh, speaking of Nutrier, Nutrier's uh, season came to an end. They beat Elk Grove Village 49-16 to in their opening uh, regional semifinal matchup, but then lost to GBS 51-39 to um, in the regional matchup to uh, um, end the season. Joe, that where it seemed like the Trevians never fully grasped, you know, a, a momentum that they kind of wanted to get. No, after um, the GBS was on fire in the first quarter, um, after that, they never could quite climb all the way back. Now, they fought the whole way. They were within eight, ten points multiple times, which is a kind of a point where, okay, we can, we can, you have that feeling you can do it, uh, but they were never able to get closer than that, so kudos to GBS for keeping them there. Another odd coincidence in, in that one, last year, Maine South had a crazy hot first quarter to oust Nutrier. I think they had 30 points, 29 in the first quarter. Um, and so Nutria was kind of out of it really early. This time, GBS had 22 in the first quarter to Nutria six, I think. So they were chasing 16 the whole game. Um, an 8-0 run in the second quarter got them close, uh, closer, I should say. Um, but they were really never able to get closer than 8-10 to 10 the whole game. Um, GBS just really good. Their, their senior point guard is um, really fun to watch play basketball. She hit three threes in the first quarter, but she also is just able to distribute, break down a defense like probably no one in the conference um, is able to with her quickness and, and ball handling ability. And uh, she really led the way in this one. I think she ended up with um, 20 and change. I can't remember exactly, 22 maybe. Um, Sydney Rogers did. So Nutria hung tough, um, but they're a young team. They kind of had some bad luck with, um, an injury to one of their main girls. We talked about that. Two injuries to Celia Klein. Rachel Zachs was their go-to all season. Quite a career for her. All-conference player. Um, she had another good game in this one. Um, she's going to MIT to play basketball. So um, end of a really nice career there and end of the season for the Trebs, who were um, building off a 15 and 17 season last year, a little under 500. Now they were about 17 and 12. So on the way up. Yeah, congratulations to them. Obviously not the finish they wanted to have, but they've got some uh, young talent, like you mentioned earlier. So um, hopefully uh, they can use this as a good experience moving forward into the next uh, season. We had uh, boys swimming and diving sectional action taking this place this past weekend as well. Um, like we mentioned, a lot of postseason going on. Uh, the new Trier Trevians won the Niles North sectional with 298 points. Main South came in second with 244.50. Uh, Loyola finished fifth with 149 points. And um, Joe, like we talked about a lot with this program, um, just in, this program produces a lot of talent and a lot of sectional titles and um, a lot of uh, good relay. A lot of individual swimmers are going to be advancing um, to the state uh, championships this upcoming weekend. Yeah, they they passed a lot of a lot of kids through, which we expect from a Nutria team. Um, it's a it's going to be a it should be they have the opportunity. I should say they have the opportunity to to place as a team with everybody they got through. A lot of fast times. Um, they didn't taper yet, so um, they're doing that. I'm guessing this week and and to be ready for the state finals, at least some of them. Um, and uh, it should be good. We're talking about. Um, probably state placers in Max Lestina, um, Aiden Music. Sorry, uh, forgot his name for a second. Aiden Music, Charlie Bufton, 
um, Graham Wilson. We got a lot of guys who are going to do very well in in the state finals, and we'll see if they can rack up enough points to uh, place. I want to say they were fifth last year, um, and and they're looking to improve upon that and get a trophy. Definitely. So we'll preview that a little bit more in the fourth quarter, as well as everything else that we uh, kind of talked about here in the first quarter. But let's jump on over now to uh, the second quarter, where we're joined by Paige Ingles, obviously, who had a big game uh, for the Ramblers um, in their uh, sectional semifinal win over uh, Lions, or York, I should say, sorry, uh, York in the sectional semifinals on Tuesday. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Paige. What are the folks at home going here? Uh, yeah, we just talked about how, how Loyola was able to kind of bounce back after letting their lead slip away. Um, their defense, we talked about their defense and how it was a, a big spark plug for them, as well as just what's gotten into her the past two games, 52 points in her past two games. All right, let's take a listen. Uh, you you tell me, what, what was the feeling going in overtime for both you and the team? Um, well, what's your thoughts we, on this game? Let me think about this. Sure. Um, so we have, they kind of had the momentum at the end, obviously, and we've actually been in a situation before where we hit a shot to put us into overtime right at the buzzer, and we ended up losing that one. So we knew that it could be anyone's game, and we just had to keep our energy up and keep going. And I think we did a really good job. Like We forced a couple turnovers right away, and I think because I missed those two free throws at the end, I just wanted to find a way to get it back, so I just tried to push and get some baskets and we got some open shots and played good D yeah it was we just want really wanted this one so I think that just kind of kind of pushed us to take it over and over time so those two missed free throws they were in your head a little bit, a little bit like you felt yeah. like you wanted to okay, yeah. okay. and um Defense on defense, Venom Florida start. Did you see a couple things that they were doing to begin that overtime? Because you had a couple steals, uh, and your defense, you and the team, just looked ready for what they were bringing. So talk about the defense in overtime. We've always, you know, been proud of our defense. Um, and yeah, we just said we just have to talk through everything. And actually, when the one of my teammates yelled like "back door, back door," when that girl was cutting, so I knew I was able to step back and get that steal. And yeah, like you said, we just kind of were ready for whatever they were going to bring at us. We were talking through all the switches and just containing them and doing the best we could because we know that if we stop them on defense and just even get one basket, it's going to bring their momentum down a little and just help propel us more. So. They shoot a lot from the perimeter. Pretty unusual for a, for a high school team. So tell me, talk about some of the challenges with that and how you kind of calm them down in the second half. Well, obviously, number one, great player. She was hitting many, many shots today. We, um, I think we made a switch to face Gardner and kind of before we were going under the screens and kind of giving them shots off that. And we also switched that too to go over it and get in the face of the shooter. And we just really were focusing on rotating when the, they were moving the ball around, just like getting our rotations and getting in their face. And also, I th they were beating us on the glass in the first half and getting a lot of second chance opportunities. So we focused on not letting that happen in the second half. Okay. And you particularly in the points column, I think you have 50 points in two games here uh, in the last two games or something. Maybe. <laughs> I think that, that's a lot. You've you scored a lot in the basketball game. So playoff time, do you feel like you got to step up a little bit? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
because we do it, we only have three returners on our team. So there's only been three of us who have been in situations like these before. And Coach Anaker always tells me, like, I just have to kind of control the game and do what I can, look for my teammates and take shots when I can get them. So I've just been really looking to do that these past two games so we can keep, keep moving on. Thank you, as always, to Paige for joining us. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. Good to get some info about what's going on um, and get some uh, different perspectives as opposed to just us uh, rambling on about everything that's going on here. But uh, let's keep on rambling on here in this third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. Joe, I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree upon whether those five propositions can happen. Um, so let's stick with basketball. We're going to start off here with uh, boys basketball. Um, Joe, we talked last week about how the New Trier boys basketball team is the number one seed in their own sectional. Um, obviously a sectional that has a lot of talent. They'll have Elk Grove Village to start things off tonight on Wednesday, or maybe not, depending on the weather. I'm seeing a lot of cancellations for uh, semifinal action. So maybe that gets pushed over to a Thursday, Saturday sort of situation. Um, but they get Elk Grove Village on uh, to start things off, and then we'll have Niles North, Niles West, West potentially in a regional final action, um, and then have GBS Hoffman Estates, Evanston, and Hoffman and Conan in the sectional semifinal matchup. So, Joe, way or no way that uh, the New Trier boys basketball team loses before the sectional final? Before the sectional final. I mean, I'll say no way um, with respect to every other team in the sectional. I think they should take care of business. Um, in the regional, um, Niles North is a good team um, who, who they should face in the regional final. And there's some semblance of a trap game there because you know who's coming down the pike. But I, I don't think – I think the is pretty focused right now. Uh, they just played Niles North, so they're aware of who they are. So um, I don't see that coming. And then in the sectional semis, that's when it gets – I mean, we're going to play – I already forgot who we said. Um, who they line up with in the semis? They line up with uh, sectional semis. It would either be GBS, Evanston, Conant, or Hoffman Estates. Right. So we're thinking GBS or Evanston right there. Um, and both those teams are tough, very good basketball teams. They know each other well. So um, I'm not saying it's an impossibility, but I will say no way. I, I really think that uh, they're out of – special season and, and going to make some noise here. Yeah, I think I'll go with no way here. I mean, we talked about it last week when we were kind of breaking down the sectional, but um, Nutrier has beaten all these teams before. And obviously maybe it's harder to beat a team once you face them like a third or second time. But um, I think Nutrier has shown that they're able to uh, beat really good teams. It's just that the question that we've had about, you know, the elite teams in the state, where does this Nutrier team kind of pick up? But um, I, I'm definitely going to go with uh, no way. I don't think this team loses before the sectional final. I even would have a hard time arguing that they would lose in a sectional final, maybe um, against the Rolling Meadows or maybe against the GBN. But I, even then, I'm kind of I'm really big about, about this new cheer team being quite heavily favorited in winning this uh, sectional pretty easily. All right, Joe, we talked about new cheer boys swimming in the first quarter. Um, way or no way, uh, this team has enough depth to win a team state title. No, they're not there yet. Um, I'll say no way. Um, very good time for, for high school swimming in Illinois. Um, you, you know, you got your Hinsdales and your 
Stevenson's and uh, I'm man, I'm forgetting Lions. I'm forgetting a big one too. Um, and I just think that, you know, when Nutrier's Nutrier isn't at the point it, it has been in the past where it has multiple state champions and uh, kind of they have the necessary points to build that up. But I do think after a few years without a state trophy, they, it, it seems like they're going to get, they have enough guys there and enough talent there to get the points, to get a trophy, but not a state title. So I'll say no way. Um, yeah, I'll go with no way, which is, this is kind of the same conversation we have when we talk about boys and girls lacrosse in the area where it used to be, you know, boys, you know, both loyal and neutral would dominate the area, but I think the rest of the state caught up to them in lacrosse. And I think the rest of the state is kind of catching up when it comes to swimming and diving. I think, like you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of great programs in the area and in the state. So um, it's not a foregone conclusion that Nutria can easily win a state championship. And um, especially with the depth, they do have good depth. They have a lot of talent, but I don't know if it's enough to win the state title to get all those points. So I'm going to uh, um, say uh, no way. I think they'll place maybe. I think get a strong performance, but winning a state title, I'm going to have to go no way with that. All right, Joe, we're going to jump back over to basketball now. Um, way or no way, based on what you saw from this Loyola team um, last night against York, uh, way or no way you think that this Loyola team has what it takes to win this next two games so it can go to the section or to state? Man, Nate South is, is bigger and badder than last year, and these two teams played um, <clears throat> played against each other in the sectional final a year ago. And kind of a good basketball game, Loyola outlasted them. Um, but Maine South is really young, so add that year of experience. Uh, they're familiar with each other, though. So I just think we're looking at a good basketball game. I would give Maine South the advantage here. It's not a big one. Um, and then we're talking about uh, Fremd or Hersey, maybe in the in the uh, super sectional. And those are two very good teams too. So. Um, I think Loyola has what it takes, but I don't think – I think this is a very stacked final couple games for them. A lot of great competition here. And I, I just I, – I don't I don't know if I see them coming out of it, so I'll say no way. Yeah, I think unfortunately I'll go with no way here as well. I think that – I think this team has the talent and obviously has shown to be able to, you know, upset New York, I guess, or York in uh, – you know, to win and move on to the sectional final. But – um, Maine South is a tall task. Fremd and Hersey are tall tasks as well. So um, I think there'll be close matchups uh, either way, but I don't think that they can win the next two games. So um, unfortunately, I'm going to go with no way here as well. Uh, back, jumping back to uh, LA boys basketball, Loyola starts off the playoffs with the matchup against uh, Maine South on today or Thursday, wherever this semifinal regional game gets played. Um, and then would potentially play Rolling Meadows or Schomburg in the Rolling Meadows uh, regional final. Uh, Joe, way or no way you think that this Loyola team has what it takes to pull off an upset and take down Rolling Meadows if both teams make it to the regional final? Way. Way. I'm liking this game more and more the more I think about it. Uh, maybe it's because I'm going and I'm just really willing a, a great basketball game. But, you know, you you put it in the grinder like, Nutria, like uh, Loyola is going to, and who knows what comes out. Uh, I think it's they're going to, they're going to give Rolling Meadows a a look that Rolling Meadows isn't used to seeing um, and really just take them out of their game. And it's going to be how can Rolling Meadows 
who has a ton of talent, of course, not not just from uh, Max Christie, but um, is it? Did I screw it up again? I think it's no. Max is the brother who is at uh, Michigan State. Who's that? Who's, who's on the Lakers? I'm, I'm adding a completely different person now. I, I do that every time. Uh, Cam Christie. Uh, yeah, I mean, not just him. They have, you know, other stars on that team that can play ball. So, um, can they respond to what Loyal is going to put in front of them? And and Loyal is, you know, betting that what they do can stop them and they can get enough offense to uh, to take them out. And I, I like it. Uh, I don't think they're favored, but I do think they have what it takes. So wait. Yeah, I agree with you. I go with the way as well. I think this Rowing Meadows team has shown its flaws and has shown that it's it's not uh, unbeatable. And I think you kind of saw that with their ranking as the number third team in the sectional. Um, I think that they're not – they're good. They're obviously very talented. They've got a lot of great players on this team, but I don't think that Loyola can – Loyola has been good teams this year. They beat Brother Rice like we talked about. Ignatius I know has been kind of up and down this season, so it's kind of hard to tell what this Ignatius team is this year. But um, I think Loyola, if they have their heads on straight and are playing the way that they have played much of the season, um, can pull off that upset. So, yeah, way I think there's definitely a chance. Um, that Loyola can take down Rolling Meadows in a regional final if the two teams end up winning. All right, Loyola Wrestling had a really historic season this year, Joe, um, with its first state champion. Uh, way or no way, the Loyola Wrestling Program is uh, one of the fastest-growing programs in the area in the last couple of years. Oh, without a doubt, I think way, um, especially where you look at where they came from. Um, it kind of came from a spot where they couldn't feel the lineup and you know they were they had some nice wrestlers here and there some conference competition competitors some regional maybe a regional champ or a regional uh, a sectional qualifier here or there but uh they weren't really a player um or known more than you know in the school and it was more of about progressing at their pace and now um we're talking about a team that's that's getting buzzed it's getting has a state champion has another finalist sends kids to state, you know, sends is a powerhouse at the sectional with eight kids at the sectional. Um, we're talking about a real program here. Um, and uh, I think it's only on the way up. So I, I will say way. Yeah, I think I'll definitely go agree with you here. And I'll go with way as well. I think they've just in the last couple of years, they've just shown such great growth and being able to kind of get to this level. So um, yeah, definitely way. I think this team definitely, the fastest growing in the area and just as continues to grow. And I'm really encouraged about what this team is going to be able to do in the next couple of years, even though uh, Massey is going to graduate and uh, compete in some uh, Big Ten wrestling moving forward. And we're going to move forward now here into the fourth quarter as we preview another jam-packed week of sports. we got a lot of fun stuff to look forward to. Um, and uh, it's kind of hard to pick up where we start off. But why don't we start things off here, Joe? We talked a little about it in the third period. Um, state swimming this upcoming weekend, um, I think is happening in Westmont. Um, that's kind of become the new, uh, state championship, uh, area here. Kind of good for all area, everyone in the area. Um, so what are we expecting? We talked about this earlier. Um, how many state champions can we expect? Do we expect any state champions for either loyal or Nutria? And just what, um, can we kind of expect from our area swimmers and divers? Well, well first let's not forget Highland Park. Highland Park okay. has a very good contingency. They're sending down the state. Um, they got some superstars in Danny Castle and, um, 
Kevin Abochi, um, as well as their diver. Um, they have two divers that are going to be there, but the top one, um, Noam Kulbeck, uh, sorry, is uh, he's a junior and he has he's the top qualifying with points. Now with diving, you don't want to look at that too much because every judge is different, you know, throughout all the sectionals. So who kind of knows exactly where they land? But he's up there. Um, and what you know, don't forget about Nutrier diver uh, Wyatt Wellahan as well. Um, he's also very good, and we should see some stuff from him. So, um, in terms of state champs, I think it's going to be close. I think we're looking at, um, you know, in 53, we got Max Lestina and Kevin Abochi um, from Highland Park, one Nutrier and Highland Park, respectively, who are going to go for it. Aiden Music's a competitor in both the 200 free and the 100 butterfly. Um, and Nutriers, um, as always, um, their relays in the two, uh, 200 free and 200 medley relay, I think are something special. So, uh, and, uh, Highland Park in the sprint relay, which is the 200 free is, it was really good. So man to say, are we going to have a state champ? I don't know, but we're going to have many placers. I think we're gonna have many medalists. We're talking about, you know, I think five, maybe five to seven. Um, individuals I'm saying so you know Aiden wins is a medalist in two categories I'm counting that as one um, it's going to be a good state tournament locally um, Loyola you know last year was really kind of a um, swan song for a lot of their seniors and and they they really showed out at that state meet they, they had a fourth place finish this year they only got a couple guys there and a couple relays um, I don't know if we'll get look out for Gus Coe um, in the 100 backstroke um, he, he's also, uh, uh, helping them with relays. So maybe, but I really think Nutria and, and Highland Park are going to be there in, in a bunch of events as far as state champions. Um, I'll say, I'll say we get one. I'll say somebody pulls one out. Yeah. It should be really interesting to see what happens. So make sure you get out there, um, and support the Trevians, Giants and Ramblers as they try to compete for a state title and, uh, place and earn some hardware there. So that should be a lot of uh, looking forward to that. All right, let's uh, preview uh, boys basketball playoffs here, Joe. Um, we talked about it a little bit. New cheer taking on Elk Grove Village either tonight or tomorrow. Um, Loyola starting things off against Maine South. Let's start with those semifinal matchups. Do you expect them, you know, any any struggles with either of those matchups? Or uh, is it pretty safe to say that they should be able to move on to the regional finals? I think it's pretty safe to say. I mean, if anything, Maine South is is – just a quality program. It's a down year for them. So sometimes those teams can be dangerous because you know, their program has talent within it. And uh, maybe they put together just their best game of the season um, in this spot against Loyola. And um, I guess it could happen. I don't see it happening. I, I do think both teams will, will uh, get a bunch of their guys in and kind of, you know, and take home comfortable uh, victories. Looking at this bracket, I'm kind of the lower half of this sectional bracket is kind of interesting to me. And I'm kind of curious to ask at what percentage would you put it that it's possible that Loyola and Nutria meet each other in a sectional title matchup? I've been I mean, thinking about look, that too. I mean, uh, if you look at it, they got like the number two seed in their half is GBN. Um, they got Taft as an eight seed, Rolling Meadows as a three seed. And if Loyola, I mean, Loyola, if Loyola beats Rolling Meadows, and obviously GBN is a talented team, but they're without their best player, 
so I mean, I would I, I would not be surprised at all if Loyola somehow makes its way over to the sectional final game and meets uh, Nutria there. Yeah, I could see it happening too, and I was thinking the same thing. I just I don't want to underestimate what GBN can do without Goodman. Obviously, he's so good, um, and uh, he, he just he he proved to be a top two top three player in the CSL South this year in the whole CSL really. Um, but without them, you know, without him, they basically beat rolling meadows. Um, so they're a good team. Um, they got Ryan Cohen still, um, who's an all conference player and, uh, going to play college basketball, um, and can light it up, you know, when, when he gets free. So, I don't want to underestimate them, but I do see a path for Loyola if they get hot, if their defense is on point. That's so key because even sometimes, and you know, Coach Livatino has correct me on this before, where we think Loyola's defense because they held a team to, you know, forty to forty-five were on point. He he he's not as happy as uh, we think maybe he should be because he's obviously knows his team better than we do, uh, and if they're we, we, he needs to see them on point. And then I think they can they can uh, be right there in the sectional final, but if they're not, you know, they can be beaten by by both those teams. Um, and uh, it's you know, we're not talking about it. So I think a percentage. You asked me a percentage, so I'm trying to answer your question. I think let's let's say uh, there's a I'm gonna give it a 25 percent chance, which is significant. That seemed lower than I thought you were going to go. I was going to put it at like 45%, I think. I, I, I don't know. I'm like kind of encouraged by what they're trying to do and just what they're able to. I don't know. This defense is hitting. I can. I think this team can beat both Rolling Meadows and GBN. But I've also seen this team. We've seen this team low where they lose against teams that they should be beating. So that's the hard thing about Loyola and probably why Loyola is a six seed in this sectional. But um, I'd probably give it a 45% chance just being able to see um these two teams sitting against each other in sectional action so uh joe will talk next week um probably on wednesday um so we probably won't get a chance to talk about you know preview a regional or a sectional semifinal so next time we talk joe who is playing for a sectional championship how far does Nutrier and loyola go in their uh sectional uh if i were to say the most probable outcome i i think i would say rolling meadows and Nutrier. um are going to meet uh, for a sectional championship. I just think that's the most likely scenario. And I think Rolling Meadows, although they've been up and down and kind of had some tough ones recently, uh, I think they're the most likely to get hot and uh, it, most likely if they get hot to just kind of wipe that competition aside. Um, so that's that's where I'd put my money if I were a betting man. All right, we'll obviously see what happens. Make sure you follow the record North Shore for all the latest updates. A lot of good games should be happening this week uh, and weekend, so make sure you're checking out the action um, all over the area. All right, let's preview this uh, girls' sectional semi or sectional final, sorry, between Loyola and Maine South. Um, we talked about how dominant this Maine South team is. Um, what, From what you know, Joe, do you feel like Loyola could potentially expose um in this main south team i know they are really talented and have a lot of great players and a lot of you know are have obviously won a lot of games um because of how good they are they're 25 and 7 
Um, but what does this main South team do that maybe Loyola is able to take advantage of? Um, that's a great question. I mean, Maine South is a pretty well-rounded team. Um, they've got scores kind of at all points in the floor. Their point guard, I believe she's a sophomore. Uh, Megan Fahey is really uh, dynamic and a good distributor. She can also score the ball. They got shooters. Um, but their inside is a little less than what it has been in the past with um, Pape, uh, who dominated for so many years in the CSL. Um, so now I think it can be a little soft in there. So while Loyola doesn't have size, uh, they're very good at getting to the basket and either kicking or finishing with, with somebody like, like Paige Angles, uh, who can kind of score anywhere on the floor, but is really good at kind of getting through a defense with a soft floater in the lane. Um, she loves that four foot um, floater from just in front of the basket. So uh, I think that's a spot where they can kind of take advantage of getting in the paint uh, and either scoring the basketball right there uh, or kicking it and shooting it slash attacking closeouts. So um, I, I think that's probably what they're going to try to do. And it's what they're so good at. So uh, there, there's one spot for them. What um, based on what you saw from Loyola against York, um, what has you encouraged about them potentially taking down Maine South and what kind of has you hesitant and kind of, you know, are kind of like, well, they could, but I mean, they also do this, which could potentially lead to a problem on Thursday. Um, I'm encouraged by the aggressiveness that I, that I've seen in their two juniors. And again, Loyola doesn't have any seniors. So there are two juniors who stepped up, um, this season and played last year, uh, Paige and Kelsey Langston were very aggressive. Uh, Kelsey's not a 20 point a game scorer, but she gets in the, she breaks down defenses. Uh, she, uh, I think she had five or six assists. She, uh, she kicks it out really well. She finds the open and, and uh, really impressed with how, um, how good she's been with the basketball. I don't know why I can't think of the word protects the basketball better than maybe in the past fewer turnovers on that offensive end for Loyola um, than I've seen in the past. So um, that's been impressive to me. So I think they take care of the basketball better. And uh, with those two kind of being more aggressive, that gives them a great chance against any team really, because those two are very good basketball players. So you'd like to see them kind of um, unleashed. Um Something that maybe could hurt them, you know, you you live by the three, you die by the three. Um, they've got shooters on their team, and they will shoot the open shot. Uh, Morgan Bruno, Paige will shoot. Um, a couple of their freshmen, like Claire Weisler, uh, um, as well as um, Nora Emerson, they, they, they all will shoot the open shot. And so when you get a little comf maybe overly comfortable in that, or if you get down a little bit and you start – getting a little loose with what shots are open and, and, and what shots are a good shot. Uh, you could really lose your offense fast and, and lose your, your identity. So I could see that happening. Um, if Maine South takes a lead and they're trying to get back in it. So um, that's one area where I think if they don't get, hopefully they don't get too reliant on the three. All right, Joe, if Loyola wins against Maine South on Thursday at New Trier, they'll play against either friend at, or Hersey on Monday um, at the friend from the super sectional, um, what do friend and Hersey do? And do you think Loyola potentially, if they win against Maine South on Thursday, can kind of beat them and make it over to the state finals? Uh, well, Frem's uh, 
I, I mean, are, are they the top? Team yeah, they're the number one team in that sectional. Yeah, and I, they might be, you know, by rankings, whoever does those. I know Caleb does some over at um, Illinois Preps. Um, I mean, they're 30-2. and two. I mean, they're a 30-win team, undefeated um, in their conference. They're a very, very good basketball team. They're tough to beat. Um, their only losses this year were Geneva and Naz, and then they came back, and they're, they're on like a 10-game winning streak right now. So they just beat a, a pretty good Lake Zurich team um, by, by 20. So, uh, it's a very good team. I don't, I don't know if Loyola has the firepower to keep up, um, with the Lake Zurich or not, uh, Lake Zurich scores. I'm sorry, Fremd, uh, to keep up with Fremd. I think Fremd's playing the best basketball in the state. So, um, I think that's going to be a, a, a major upset in front of them and they'll have to be ready. I, I don't know if they could do it. All right, Joe, what happens? Do they win or do they lose on Thursday? Well, I just saw I, uh, – I think it's going to be a really good basketball game, and I'll give them the edge by a basket. I think it's going to be a really close basketball game. I'll say we're talking about 58-56 um, in favor of Loyola. Loyola. Yeah. All right, it should be a fun game, Joe. Obviously, we'll have you covered there as he'll have you covered with all the other sports happening this upcoming weekend. So uh, make sure you check out all his work at therecordnorthshore.org. But that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere the podcasts are available. Give us a nice little review. We always appreciate it. And make sure you spread the word while you're at those swim meets or basketball games or soon-to-be outdoor cold soccer games or lacrosse games. Uh, that is in our forecast not too far away. So. Uh, we always appreciate the kind words and the support. Uh, make sure you're checking out my work at the Friday Night Drive. And as always, subscribe and listen to and read Joe's content at therecordnorthshore.org. A lot of great sports coverage, but also a lot of other great coverage and news, uh, village events, and also everything else happening in the North Shore area. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.